do, do, do. <laughs> Music featuring Jaden. <laughs> Created by Jaden. <laughs> Welcome to Mental Mamas. This is Riley. We're doing a duo episode after two episodes by ourselves. Yeah, it's been like a whole month. It has been. And that's where we're going to start my Goober Award, too. It's been so long. This kind of happened on like the first week I was back at work, which was like a month. Months ago, December 4th, or something like that. Yep, it was. It was a very, very, very long time ago. But what happened here at work? I am so embarrassed here, but um, it's completely me. Archer didn't go to work with me this day, it wasn't bring your kid to work day. Um, I was, I had to go use the restroom after a pumping session. And so I went and it's a public restroom. And I know Jaden has a whole thing about public restrooms here. She's like shaking her head. No, it's a, it's a system that she has tried teaching me before about which stall to use in a public restroom. And I think about it every time I see a stall, but I'm like, eh. This one's open. <laughs> okay, but like, it's my mom's fault. Shout out to my mother, who I know is going to listen to this. Um, when I was like, I don't know, probably 13, maybe 14, mom was like, did you know, statistically, and I'm all about statistics. So then, of course, I'm going to pocket this little nugget of knowledge right in that <laughs> file folder that's in there somewhere. And she was like, did you know? that statistically the first middle and last bathroom stalls are the most commonly used. So now I go into a public restroom and I count the stalls. And if there's only three stalls then I'm like, okay, first and last are going to be the most used. So I'll use the middle one when there's only two, I'm really, really uncomfortable, but use the first one. Cause that's the one that people are gonna avoid because it's not the big bathroom stall. So now every time I go into a public restroom with a friend, I'm like, did you know this? Because you need to be traumatized the same way I was. You're welcome. Just so you know. <laughs> um, but what happened here is I went and I was going to go do my business. And I mean, I, I'm the weirdo. I feel like it's normal, but I'm the weirdo who checks out their phone while I'm sitting in the stall. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I'm like, you know, and I'm pretty sure it was on TikTok too, of all things. (laughs) I'm just sitting there. And then all of a sudden my clumsy self, I'm just holding it and everything. Your your mouth is just, (laughs) Jaden's mouth is just growing. Like, oh my God, what did you do? I'm just picturing where this is going. (laughs) You you don't know yet. Oh God, okay. (laughs) Um, So... I'm holding it in my hand and suddenly it just jumps out of my hand. I am still on the toilet. Okay. I was, I thought you were going to say something and I was like covering my mouth and I spit my energy drink everywhere. I was like, at the, the re- recording the devices are yeah. right there. <laughs> microwave at the microphone. Yeah. Um, it drops out of my hand, just kind of jumps, really. And it literally doesn't just fall on the ground. It decides to, like, slide into the other stall. I can see it, like, it fell right in between this girl's legs. And I I remember seeing the Ugg boots, and I was like... Oh. <laughs> like there was just... And then I swear there was silence for, like, five or ten seconds as I was like... What just happened like i was processing and obviously she was processing <laughs> she's like looking between her legs and she's like huh this doesn't usually happen 
I know she was like, are we socializing? Because I don't know if I was ready for that. <laughs> I'm not re- ready for bathroom buddies. <laughs> like I was just sliding the TikTok underneath the, the stall. Watch like, this. Like, hey, hey, this is hilarious. I don't know you. <laughs> okay, first of all, why are you watching? Do you not get like embarrassed to like have your phone make sound in front of other people oh no it was on silent so I... you were watching a tiktok just in silence yeah do you have subtitles on your yeah TikTok? yeah that's great i love that <laughs> and then anyone's that any of them that don't have subtitles or the subtitles don't make sense because they're auto-generated i'm like okay moving on right, next <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and then I was I was just like hey can I have that back (laughs) literally and they were like do you want me to touch it (laughs) no please don't touch it just slide it with your foot (laughs) yeah that's what she did and I was like I mean to be good but I was embarrassed enough that I was like to be quite fucking honest you can keep it That's what I'm, I'm, that is your phone now. It does not belong to me. It has never belonged to me. It is yours. Because it just jumps out. Okay. (laughs) The fact that it literally perfectly landed in between her feet. I'm just like, why? Why? And then she passed it back. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm done now. But I don't want to talk to her again. So I think I'm just going to like sit here and wait until she leaves and i think she had the same thought for a minute but she she was a brave woman and she took it for both of us and she left i was like i appreciate i just imagine you all sitting there in dead awkward ass silence just being like one of us has to leave and it's not gonna be me (laughs) (laughs) well she didn't have anything to be embarrassed about it was completely me to be in like hey Hi. (laughs) That was an expensive phone. I would have appreciated if I had it back. It wasn't that great of a TikTok either. Oh, so it wasn't even, you couldn't even be like, I thought you might enjoy this, even though I have no clue who you are. I needed to share this with someone. (laughs) You couldn't play it off. My social anxiety would not have allowed me to do that. When we're like, hey, I thought you might like this. I am socially anxious enough that I can't just shut up. <laughs> so I just talk and then I could see you doing that. That's but why I don't pro- go to the grocery store. You probably wouldn't have thought it straight that far ahead. Oh no. And everything. But if you had thought it that far ahead, you w- would have been like, that was a pretty funny TikTok. You should have watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad you were busy being embarrassed. <laughs> Oh my god, telling somebody else that was embarrassing for you. (laughs) (laughs) The audacity. (laughs) All right, but that was my very embarrassing Goober Award story. I think next episode we'll have something for Archer because I've already got a few ideas for him. You? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I'll probably do one of my from my Goober Award list that I have um, going on. Lately, Delilah has been super super affectionate but it's not like a sweet baby affection it's like forceful i'm gonna bite you affection (laughs) um so same with archer he doesn't have teeth yet but he does want to bite (laughs) yeah she is working on getting her fourth tooth in so she's teething she's really big on like if i've got a blanket over 
me, she will bite my leg or my toes through the blanket or try to. Mm -hmm. And if I like tell her not to, she just laughs at me. And then she does this thing where like, I'll pick her up and she'll go to give me a kiss. And I'm like, Oh, you're being so sweet. And she'll put her mouth like right on my chin. And then just like very slowly bite down on my chin. Ow. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, can you not, we don't, this is not okay. And then I was <laughs> one day I was standing in the kitchen and, uh, she was sitting in front of me, like I was cooking and she was sitting in front of me and she just leaned forward and bit my knee. <laughs> I'm like, excuse you, get, get out of the kitchen. I would like to know the thought process behind that. Like, mm, that's a tasty knee. <laughs> I know. I don't think she really like thinks it through. I think it's like intrusive thoughts. I don't know if babies get intrusive thoughts. Oh, but no. Delilah definitely does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you can see it on her face. She'll see something and then she gets this look on her face like, hmm. And then she goes for it. And when you catch her, she just laughs. Yeah. Well, yeah. And she has. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. So unlike Dean and most babies, she doesn't have like the high pitched giggle. Mm. She has like an old man cackle, like <laughs> smokes 20 packs of cigarettes a day for 12 years. Laugh. We're going to have to record it. It's so funny. <laughs> so then she's just like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah i can picture that actually yeah. <laughs> it's super cute but yeah delilah is full of aggressive affection so i guess that's my goober award this week yes shout out to delilah <laughs> appreciate you for <laughs> being our little ray of cannibalistic sunshine i guess <laughs> taken after your sister <laughs> yeah <laughs> or the biting thing. Well, I was actually talking to a coworker and they said that at daycare, all of the kids bite each other. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's fun. And he was like, she was like, yeah, I tried to get them to stop. And I, I, she came in there like a little mama bear. And she was like, if you don't stop, my husband's going to come in. And you're not going to like that. And I'm like, you're such a sweetheart. <laughs> kids don't care. Um, so the thing is, Ellie has only ever gotten bit once. Like when she was in daycare, we go to an in-home daycare. So it's really small. There's like 12 kids mm -hmm. total. Um, and our daycare provider does not tolerate biting, biting at all, which makes sense. Yeah. Which I've told her, I told her when Elle was there, if she bites, flick her in the mouth. Mm -hmm. Like I know most people are going to be like, don't do that. That's abuse. Well, okay. Here's the deal. <laughs> I could be biting her. <laughs> that's what my dad did he bit me back the one time i bit sucked yeah <laughs> was not a good time um but elowen got bit one time and it was by her best friend oh, sorry. no no not not him it was her other best friend um who doesn't go there so elowen had two best friends um she's still best friends with one the other one doesn't go to daycare there um, we haven't seen her in like a year. Um, but this little girl was trying to take a toy or something from Elowen and Elowen wouldn't let her. And she bit her on the arm and Elowen proceeded to shove her to the ground <laughs> and go and tell the, tell her daycare provider, which super proud of her because yeah, don't Elowen has up for the bullies. Yeah, Elowen has a uh, mean streak, and I'm always worried that if someone does something to her, she's gonna take it to the next level. Because like we can't roughhouse with her because she gets too so rough. Mm -hmm. She like 
full on kicks and punches with full force. And for a five year old who weighs 42 pounds, she's strong. I believe it. Yeah. She is all yeah. muscle. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like she never bit, well, she bit me one time when she was like a year old and I wasn't expecting it. She bit me on the top of my thigh and I smacked her in the back of the head really hard on accident because <laughs> it was just an automatic reaction. She never bit me again. Um, <laughs> and then now we have Dean, who's a hair puller, and it's true is right now too. Oh my gosh, it is the actual worst. Like I was like, oh, Eloin never pulls hair, never pulled hair. Like she was such a good kid. Like never bit anyone. No, Dean pulls hair, and Delilah's a biter. She has bitten Dean like three times for taking toys from her. I mean, she's standing up for herself, but yeah. she also just kind of does it when he has a toy and won't give it to her. So she's also kind of a jerk. All of the time my hair is like pulled up too. And he finds it right on my head and then yanks it. And I'm like, you gotta stop that. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know how to, how do I discipline a almost five months old now? <laughs> to, uh, oh, it today. is exactly five months yeah. today as of the recording. So, yeah. Um, so. But he pulls out my hair and now he's started hitting <laughs> because like, mm. he just gets so excited so he does he's... like the um hitting like the table and everything but i'm not a table <laughs> i'm many things to my little boy that maybe i shouldn't be honestly i'm a drum so <laughs> but <laughs> i am not a table and i would appreciate it if you did not smack me in the face slash eye <laughs> yeah dean does that too delilah likes to use my thighs as drums which like that's fine. Yeah, the thighs are fine, but Just... like the face and like, uh, I'm I'm working on stopping breastfeeding, as you know, mm -hmm. and pumping. So the boobs hurt like all the time now. So literally, just a flick, and I'm like, <sighs> frozen cabbage <laughs> like leaves. Yeah, that's what they said. That's the only thing that I haven't tried yet is the frozen cabbage leaves. I actually talked to my doctor and they decided they were like, take this cold medicine and it'll dry you right up. And I was like, I have had a cold for almost two months now, like on and off. Do you know how much of this cold medicine I've already taken? Like, And they haven't given you like a there's a specific medication they can give you. That that's will... what I was asking about. Yeah. Because that's what I thought. That's uh, a coworker told me about that. Yeah. But no, they messaged me back and they were like, this cold medicine is the bomb for drying you up. And I was like, obviously not. Because Did you I tell them that. that you've been taking it? No, because I got really, really, it was yesterday. And yesterday was kind of a bad day for my mental health. I when I I just was so like hearing that I was so disappointed because it just kind of to get emotional here because it's a mental health podcast. Yeah. It kind of hearing that made me feel really really disappointed and what else is the word that I'm looking for? Like distraught? No. Just like it just feels like it's never going to stop. The breastfeeding and pumping is mm -hmm. never going to stop for me because I try missing one. I get a clogged duct. I try. Which can lead to mastitis. Which exactly. Sucks. Exactly. And then my, for me, my mental health is starting to for sure get impacted with that because I, I mean, getting that, I was like, screw it. I'll just get mastitis. 
see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> but that's totally wrong. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. That's don't not, do that. It's and not a good time. I, I know in the back of my head that I don't want mastitis because, oh my God, can I, can you imagine having mastitis and having to take care of a kid? Yeah, absolutely not. Um, but... So glad these babies didn't ever produce enough. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, that's a really good segue, like you stopping breastfeeding and stuff and dealing with that mental health yeah. aspect on that, on the spectrum of like, you produce, you're an overproducer, you mm -hmm. produce so much. Um, because this week we're talking about PCOS and infertility. And so I'm going to start with PCOS. Um, PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome, and it's one of the most common causes of infertility in women, um, affecting six to 12% of women of reproductive age. And like, not just that it's a hormonal disorder. Um, which means it affects your hormones. And as someone with PCOS, I wish I had learned earlier on about it, about my diagnosis. Cause I didn't find out until after LON was a year. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had already stopped breastfeeding and my mental health took a huge hit because I couldn't produce enough. Yeah. And I found out when I got, when I got diagnosed with PCOS that because it's a hormonal disorder, it, um, I don't know. You have like higher androgens, which are like the male hormone. Okay. So like, um, testosterone. So it impacts your yeah. breast milk. So you don't like produce enough to like of the female hormone to produce breast milk. Right. Um, successfully. So there's definitely two sides of the spectrum. I can't imagine like, I mean, obviously I experienced the not being able to provide enough for my child. And I always was like, gosh, I wish I was an overproducer, but now knowing someone who's an overproducer and seeing how it affects your mental health in the same way. I mean, like breastfeeding is super, super stressful to begin with. It is. Yeah. And it takes a huge toll on your mental health, but when you're already struggling with your mental health and then you, um, want to stop breastfeeding, but you physically can't because mm -hmm. it puts you in pain. I can't imagine that. Well, yeah. And it just, for me, it sucks because I feel like I should be grateful that I am an overproducer because everybody wants to be an overproducer. I mean, I've got, I've got a good breast milk storage and everything, but it's, I mean, like it's such a toll in the day and it takes so much time. I can't, like if I'm pumping, then it is a chore to take care of Archer when I could be playing with him. So, but that's, that's, we've already done the breastfeeding. Yeah. I think, I think no matter what, it's important to bring up just to remind people like you're not alone. I, how many women are going through breastfeeding right mm -hmm. now or have gone through breastfeeding and it felt like a failure as a parent because they couldn't produce enough yep. or because they like, they're dealing with the guilt of not wanting to breastfeed anymore yeah. because of the toll it's taking. Like yeah. it's not, it's, no matter what, I think it's a huge topic and it's, I think there's a lot of women who don't enjoy it as much as pe like media says that you you're supposed should. to. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think, I mean, not even just media, but like your doctors don't, Yeah, they don't sure. tell you. And like that also goes back to like a late diagnosis of PCOS. Had I been told, Hey, this is you possibly have a hormonal disorder yep. um this could be affecting you mm -hmm. 
I would not have let it affect my mental health as much. That's right. how it was with the twins this time. Cause I knew I had known for years I have a mental or I have a, well, I mean, obviously I have a mental health disorder. I have a few of those, yeah. <laughs> um, but I have a hormonal disorder that makes it so I can't produce breast milk successfully. Yeah. And so when it gets to be too much, I can stop. It's not going to be a, a it's, it's not a bad thing. You have thing. another reason. Yeah. Yeah. Another good reason that they've scientifically found versus like, I don't think any research has been into overproducers because they're like, there's no issues. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, I really don't think there's enough, um, research on overproduction or like even or breast milk in general yeah or even just like conversation about it yeah because like you said people see it as oh there's no issue like it's not a problem it's not going to affect you yeah but it does it's stressful mm. breastfeeding is stressful no matter what and whether you are an overproducer or an underproducer you need to take care of your mental health and if you are an underproducer don't be afraid to look into why you might be an underproducer. Oh yeah, for it sure. It could be Check anything. Out the doctors and lactation consultants like or clinics are really surprisingly helpful. For me, it's about going there with and socializing with people. That's that's a little difficult for me. But also when I finally did go, that was probably the I literally had to sit there with the issue that I had. I had to sit there and pump for an hour and I got about 28 ounces. Jesus it was, Christ. yeah, they were like, wow, you must've been uncomfortable. And I was like, honestly, it felt normal. For me. <laughs> 28 ounces mm -hmm. in an hour. Mm -hmm. And Holy. But I was pumping for an hour straight. Got that. That was the first time that I did not feel like a cow pumping because I was with all these other ladies who were also in the same like breast pump, like breast milk boat as me who are just trying to figure out not necessarily what's wrong with them, but yes, what's wrong. With but them. what's wrong? Why am I? Why am I a cow? <laughs> I am a dairy farm. Me, myself, and I. Oh my god! If I ever opened a lactation clinic, I do think I want you to call it the dairy farm. Yes, and then like <laughs> the decor is gonna be just like a whole bunch of cow print everywhere. <laughs> okay, but like or a I barn. Would go to that. Oh man, <laughs> a barn. I love that. So, um, yeah, I lactation consultants, I wish I had gone to one when I was breastfeeding Elowen. Mm -hmm. I was 19. I was like, I don't, I was 20. I was 20 when she was born. Yeah, I don't know 20. how old I am anymore. Um, <laughs> but um, that was a few episodes ago, actually. You were 60, according to oh, Ellie. Oh, yeah, that's right. 25 <laughs> minus five. I was 60 when Ellie was born. Yes. Um, <laughs> I refused to go see a lactation consultant because I thought that it was going to be just like any other doctor's visit where they don't listen to you, where they're like, Oh, you're fine. It's oh, not yeah. a big deal. Yeah. And don't be afraid to ask for a second opinion and absolutely go to a lactation consultant. I know we're getting off topic, but like, <laughs> this is such an important, I'm so what? invested in this. <laughs> this is so important. We need like five episodes on breastfeeding. Yes. Let me just repeat myself. Breastfeeding is important. Your mental health is more important. There's always formula. <laughs> Facts. 
bed is best. Okay, back to the subject PCOS, at hand. Yeah, yeah. PCOS. Unfortunately, I swear our episode is about PCOS infertility. <laughs> Just this first half is about breastfeeding. Um, okay, so unfortunately, PCOS does continue beyond childbearing age. Um, and it's often accompanied by insulin resistance, meaning women with PCOS can make insulin but cannot effectively use it and have an increased risk of type two diabetes. So, um, one of, when they say that it can continue beyond childbearing years, like, or years, years, God, what am I doing? Um, (laughs) that means, I mean, one during childbearing years, um, your fertility is affected. Mm -hmm. Your period is affected. Mm -hmm. Your, um, your, hormones everything hormones behavior everything your mental health is affected by this um but continuing beyond that it's anything from uh, male pattern hair growth so a lot of women struggle with like beard hair growth Mm -hmm. or um a lot of women deal with balding um they deal with weight gain that insulin resistance like it makes it so hard to lose weight and so many women are like, I've, they've gone to doctors and been like, I've tried and tried and tried everything to lose weight. Like I've done diet plans. I've done daily exercise. I've counted calories. I've tried this, that, and the other thing and nothing is helping. Mm -hmm. And doctors are like, well, you just need to try harder. Yeah. That is a huge, which we can do an episode on that. I think that's really important. Doctors do not understand that there could, there's almost always something else other than your what you're eating because I mean when I was young and I had a really good metabolism I could eat an entire box of Swiss rolls without gaining anything (laughs) but like for other people then it was an immediate gain like you could immediately go back onto the scale and be like oh I'm three pounds heavier and I'm never getting rid of that kind of a thing yep that's exactly how it is for me like I I am i eat mostly vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big meat eater, so mm-hmm. I struggle with like getting enough protein, Yeah, but like, I also don't eat very much. Like over the years tracking my calorie intake, I take in maybe 1500 calories a day mm-hmm. on a good day. Mm-hmm. And I, for a few years there for about four years, I was constantly on my feet all day, every day at work. Yeah. And you have the exercise. In I literally didn't lose weight I just continued to gain weight and like it's like so many times I've gone to the doctor and been like you know I'm struggling with my mental health or whatever and they're like oh well you need to lose weight that'll help like I have tried I don't think you understand you're right it will help like do you want to do it for me (laughs) yeah I don't think you understand um the struggle with one, you have a hormonal disorder, yes. so that makes it a hundred times harder. Oh, yes. But then you struggle with depression, and I don't know about you, but, like, I'm permanently exhausted. I could sleep yes. for 23 hours a day, and ha- that would be the perfect amount of sleep. Yes. I would be awake for one hour, and then I'd be exhausted for the next 23. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm lost. Okay. Um, so just to kind of get back into it, um, other health problems that come with PCOS are diabetes, just gestational diabetes, which is diabetes during pregnancy. I got lucky and didn't have any Mm -hmm. of that. Um, I was really close to it with the twins, but I mean, that was me carrying twins. Yeah. Um, and gestational diabetes happens to a lot of women, even women without PCOS. So just because you 
have gestational diabetes doesn't mean you have PCOS. Some mm-hmm. people just don't have like during pregnancy, their bodies are messed up. Um, it can lead to heart disease and high blood pressure, high cholesterol, sleep apnea, stroke, and depression and anxiety. So woo, if you're already oh, wow. mentally ill and you have PCOS, you're even more <laughs> mentally ill. More <laughs> mentally ill. Um, but to kind of touch on the sleep apnea, so I actually just did a sleep study. Oh, really? Um, because I'm so tired all the time. And they were like, oh, you probably snore. I don't snore. They kept asking me, do you snore? No, I don't snore. Like (laughs) I snore when I'm sick. Yeah. That's it. Oh yeah. Same. Yeah. Because obviously I can't breathe through my freaking nose. Yeah. And I'm not a mouth breather. So sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did a sleep study and they're like, they wrote in my chart, looking for activity of sleep apnea and snoring. Guess what? my sleep study came up completely clear. Well, yeah. not completely clear because I stopped breathing twice and nine times throughout a 10 hour cycle, I uh, my oxygen dropped 30%, but that's considered normal. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know you could just stop breathing when you're sleeping, whatever. It's fine. I do it a lot. I catch, like I wake up knowing that I'm holding my breath. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, and like I will, so I'm a really light sleeper. Yep. So I tend to stop breathing in my sleep and not a lot, but like I'll wake up knowing that I've been holding my breath. Right. And then I'll be like, okay, I have to take a breath and then I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Um, Chris always says that when I am sleeping, he can't tell if I'm breathing. So he has to like actually touch me to make sure I'm breathing because my breathing is so minimal. Yeah. Which is the nine or the 30% drop in oxygen throughout the night. Gotcha. Um, but I also will wake up like (laughs) the night of my sleep study, I had a nightmare and I woke up panting. Like I was breathing really hard Mm -hmm. and I had to write in my chart, like had a nightmare, (laughs) (laughs) increased oxygen intake. Um, interesting, but they, so what's considered abnormal is two episodes of either decreased oxygen or, um, stopping breathing completely two times within an hour, mm-hmm. every single hour. So I came up clear. So like, yeah, I you was, didn't get the sleep apnea. Yeah. Thank God I didn't end up with a CPAP because I probably wouldn't have worn it. <laughs> um, not going to lie. But I think they attribute, you know, your sleep apnea to being overweight and not like they, they really don't Like when I went in for my consultation for the sleep study, the doctor looked me dead in the face and said, well, you probably sleep better if you weren't overweight. And I'm like, oh, really? Um, I think I I would do a lot of things better. (laughs) Yeah, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't want, I wouldn't need my. Thanks for contributing to my mental health issues. Yeah, I I looked him dead in the eyes and I said, well, I have a hormonal disorder that makes it near impossible for me to lose weight. So there's that. And he immediately like averted eye contact. I was like, oh, you you didn't like that attitude? Huh, maybe you should think about it. Good. Um, Good for you for standing up. God, I'm so sick of people just like overlooking my diagnosis of PCOS because it does affect so much. More than what you think. Because when you hear PCOS, then you do think about the difficult time that you could have conceiving children. Yeah. But there's so much more to PCOS than... Well, and 
like I had that with the twins. I, we had a hard time tra- yep. conceiving and they put me on letrozole because my um, progesterone was so low. It was basically postmenopausal uh, level mm-hmm. and they barely got me up to where I need like a normal level. So my doctor um, had said that she wanted us, wanted me to get up to like 10, whatever per whatever. I don't know. I don't know the measurements of progesterone in my system. Um, before I like in order to be at a good level and conceive and I barely got past that and conceived triplets. Yeah. And she was like, this wasn't supposed to happen. I put you on letras also. This wouldn't happen. I agree. This was not supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah. I was like, mm, you, you agree? I didn't want triplets. I wanted one. <laughs> um, thankfully, we only ended up with two, which I know makes me sound bad, but like, thank God. <laughs> thank God, because the twins are enough. Um, causes for PCOS are unknown. They don't know if it's genetic. They don't know if it's just something that happens by chance. I feel like it has to be by a chance. My, um, just for knowledge, my mom has, has PCOS too. And I mean, her mom had four children easily. Like Mm -hmm. it it just came one after another. And then she, her mom, like when my mom's the youngest child. So when my grandma, um, had my mom then she was like okay we're done (laughs) yeah I as far as I'm aware no one in my family has PCOS I'm the only one yeah so and um I know a lot of women with PCOS are worried about passing it on to their daughters and I I mean obviously I'm worried about that I'm sure they're at a higher risk of having it but there's really no research into PCOS it's such a bizarre like so many women even go undiagnosed yeah because it's such a like rare diagnosis like yeah. doctors don't think about that um and in order to be diagnosed you have to have two of three symptoms to get diagnosed and the symptoms are regular or no periods caused by lack of ovulation and i never had that my period was always on time like i had it down to the hour <laughs> like i could track it it was always like you're period. a little bit of a control freak, so yeah. I think that's why. That probably, probably, but like I could also my period at most is three days. You just willed yourself to bleed. <laughs> you're like, okay, it's time. It's time. It's, bleed. It's the, the first Wednesday of the month at noon. It's time to go. <laughs> um, no, I, I've never had any issues with my period, mm-hmm. so uh, that one didn't. Um, fall into the category and then the other one another one is higher than normal levels of male hormones that may result in excessive hair growth acne or thinning hair scalp um i've got way too much hair please let it thin um i do have the male excessive hair growth now yeah but before i didn't and i have that thanks to archer and breastfeeding yeah it messes up your system and i never had acne like until the twins, mm-hmm. like I've never, you know, it's never been a concern for me. And so that one didn't apply for me, but I had, so about a year after Ellie was born, I had um, the Morena place shortly after she was born. And about a year later, I started getting these really, really bad cramps. And I sent a message to my doctor and I said, Hey, I've got these really horrible cramps. Like I don't get cramps. Yeah. 
and I'm concerned that my Marina is migrating. Oh. And she was like, yeah, let's have you come in immediately and do an ultrasound. And I went in and did an ultrasound and they found 12 to 15, 10 centimeter cysts on each ovary. Oh, wow. Um, and she was Which, like, yeah, yeah, that would cause cramps. Yeah, sure. exactly. And so that's the multiple cysts, small cysts on your ovaries. Um, and I did, like I said, over the course of the last few years, develop the um, excessive hair growth, the abnormal levels of male hormone. Um, my periods are still, I mean, I have the Marina, so I don't get a period anymore, but like before they were pretty yeah, good. They're they, still doing good. Yeah. That was pretty normal. Um, that's all my notes on PCOS, like in terms of the facts. Yeah. So, and then I think we can segue a little bit into how infertility probably impacts mental health. Oh a yeah. Lot because I mean, uh, if I, I can only compare it to breastfeeding and I, I didn't have, like, I know I was definitely worried about it um, because I knew so many people who had issues with infertility, but I was very lucky in that I did not have that. So I know that I can't speak from my experience, but I'm sure that people who experience infertility have the same issue or th- similar thoughts to people like me who are breastfeeding and are like, Hey, I don't, I don't enjoy this. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I am, this, this is actually a really good segue from PCOS to infertility because infertility is a huge, um, side effect of PCOS. PCOS. Yeah. Um, I'm part of a group of women with PCOS and so many times I see women posting pictures of either like individual pregnancy tests or like Mm -hmm. one lady the other day posted a huge pile of ovulation tests, just ovulation tests. And every single one of them was negative. Oh, wow. And she is like, we've been trying for 10 years Mm -hmm. and not once have I gotten a positive and it's heart wrenching. Like, you know, that these women just desperately want to be moms and for whatever reason, they may not be able to adopt or, whatever. And it's, I mean, adoption versus your own like flesh and blood is different. It's a different bond and adoption is a fantastic, um, option for, for like, if you struggle, yeah, Mm -hmm. with PCOS or infertility for any reason, like there's so many kids, young adults that, that need that love and that home. And so it's, it's really hard to see like all these women being like, I just want to have a baby. I just want to be pregnant. And it's like, there's other options. And I know that not everyone is eligible for those other options. Yeah. That's definitely a terrible thing. Like not everybody is eligible. Like if you have mental health issues, then that can negatively impact your adoption um, application, but we can talk about that at a later episode. Yeah. I think maybe our next episode we should do. Yeah. 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 Um, but So infertility is categorized as not getting pregnant despite carefully timed unprotected sex for at least one year. Oh, right. So tracking your ovulation, tracking your period, Mm -hmm. um, having sex on your fertile days, like obviously not using any sort of um, contraception and not getting pregnant. That would be considered infertility. Mm -hmm. Um, It affects one in five women. So that's 19% of women. Um, 
and one in four women have difficulty getting pregnant or carrying pregnancy a pregnancy to term how is one in five women equal 19 percent? i don't know that's just what it said and i was like this seems odd i'm pretty sure that would be 20 because like the one in four was like 26 percent and i was like i have to like stop for a second and be like i don't know much about math but i think that my internal calculator is like that's 20 percent. okay i was like maybe i'm just stupid So causes for an ovulation, which is not ovulating, could be PCOS, diminished ovarian reserve, which is like the amount of eggs you have. Interesting. Um, a functional hypothalamic, am- <laughs> I don't know, it's a big word, amnorrhea. I should have written down exactly what that is, but I don't. Functional amniotic diarrhea. that's not what it says but i was about to agree with you um and then there's the improper function of the hypothalamus and pituitary glands which are in your brain Mm -hmm. um premature ovarian insufficiency aka premature menopause um menopause itself is a a factor infertility yeah because well, yeah, I know yeah. that I, I have some friends, co-workers who are trying to get pregnant right now, but they're, um, like, over age yep. and everything, and they definitely have a harder time, and it's probably yeah. because yeah. Um, Another cause is fallopian tube obstruction, so that's blocked or possibly swollen. Um, fallopian tubes caused by, I can turn the page... Um, pelvic infection, ruptured appendix, gonorrhea, chlamydia, endometriosis, or prior abdominal surgery. So like, um, you know, having, um, a C-section can affect your fertility. Mm, Fun. So thank God I'm not having any more children. (laughs) Um, not that I would put myself through that ever again, because letrozole made me crazy yeah it was not a good time um and another cause for infertility is your uterine characteristics so fibroids inner uterine um adhesions i'm not sure what that means i wrote these notes like a month ago oh well i think two months ago are like the rashes rashes on my uterus inside my uterus (laughs) i'm pretty sure i mean we can google it but i am pretty sure adhesions means um rashes intra i mean you don't have to look at the intra you're gonna look at pictures here i'm not gonna look at pictures i mean um okay intrauterine adhesions are bands of fibrous tissue that form in the endometrial cavity often in response to a uterine procedure. So if you've had to have surgery on your uterus. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm not sure why you would have surgery on your uterus, but I'm sure there's reasons. I could look that up if we wanted. <laughs> well, yeah, there's definitely plenty of reasons. I mean, my uh, younger sister had a very nasty miscarriage. Oh, yeah, and, I guess. Um, they... It was a really, really nasty miscarriage, which we can talk about that some other day if she ever wants to. But um, basically, like, there's, I mean, and then also 
my biological mom also had a surgery to remove her uterus completely because I think it was because of cysts too. Yeah. Um, a lot of women with PCOS will end up with really, really bad cysts yep. and will opt for just surgery. like a complete Removing hysterectomy. It, yeah. And like when, after I had the twins or when I was planning, like when I was pregnant, we were talking about my plans for birth control post twins. And I was like, I'd like to get my tubes tied. Right. And my doctor was like, yeah, if you want to, we can absolutely do that. And she goes, but with your diagnosis of PCOS, that puts you at a higher risk of uterine cancer. Oh, cervical cancer, huh. any of that. Like I already with I PCOS, you're at a high risk of it right? because you're, um, because of the irregular periods, yeah. your lining of your uterus builds up and just builds up and builds up and builds up and, and gives it, you cancer and can turn cancerous. <laughs> yeah. Gives you cancer. Okay. Um, other causes when it comes to uterine characteristics is endometrial polyps, um, endomyosis which i should have written i took really bad notes like a month and a half ago that looks and like menopause to, oh no no c-a-d-e-n-o-m-y-o-s-i-s okay <laughs> um and congenital abnormalities so i'm guessing that's like having a tilted uterus yeah. or things like that um i obviously don't know very much when it comes to the infertility aspect well, and it kind of sounds like the medical field doesn't know much about it either, which is yeah. so silly, especially post Roe v. Wade. Nobody knows enough about women's reproductive health at all. And it's not something that it doesn't, it really feels like it's not something that people are trying to research whatsoever. Yeah, it definitely feels like it's on the back burner when it comes to having knowledge about, um, you know, just knowing how our bodies work. I mean, first of all, they limit our sex education classes. Yeah. That's... Um, which is. Cause it, they're so focused on abstinence, but it's like. No you... kid. I mean, not no kid, but 90% of kids are not going to stay abstinent until they're married. Well, I hate to break it to you, but your 14 year old is probably having sex. Don't say that. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what you want me to say. Um, my... I hate that knowledge. I hate it. <laughs> I hate the idea of babies having sex because 14 year olds are babies. To yeah. Me. But like, no, if I'm going to be honest with you. Picture. Um, stop picturing things, you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> no, not. No. Oh, God. Anyways, you made me lose my train of thought. I'm moving on to a different <laughs> subject. The one thing that I wanted to bring up with infertility, I what I see is a lot of good intentioned people really shaming the heck out of these women who are infertile or have PCOS, which we kind of talked about it with um, doctors doing it with PCOS yeah. people with that. But like... I saw the other day and it really like just hurt my heart where one person posted on Facebook and they said, we've been trying for however many years and it's not going to happen for us. We decided that we're not going to have children. So the decision also has already been made. That's right. one thing. So if this decision has already been made, other people don't have a say. Yeah. Like keep your mouth shut. But then somebody goes in comments and they're like, 
okay, well, just so you know, you can always try high reducing stress. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Have you ever tried to reduce stress? <laughs> I know that's a I completely to... different subject for mental health. What person that's like... successfully reduces stress? That's like someone having an anxiety attack and someone being like, you need to calm down. Like, hallelujah. I didn't think of that. <laughs> No shit, what? Sherlock. Of course I need to reduce stress. Have you ever tried conceiving? It's freaking stressful. Yeah. Well, there, that's a whole stress in itself. Like being infertile. I can't imagine how much thought you really got to put into every single aspect of your day. Just like with breastfeeding, you can probably are like, okay, I'm cutting out alcohol. You're probably like, okay, here's fertile foods that I really don't like, but I'm going to eat yeah. so that I can maybe have a baby someday. Like there's just so much things that I don't, didn't think of you probably trying. And then for somebody to go on and be like, Hey, I had this issue and I just reduced some stress in my life. And then I had 16 babies. So like, no, you did not have this issue. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, yes, stress is a factor. Yeah, for sure. But it's not the only factor. It could be so many other things. And like, with infertility, it always, like, it seems like it always is. There's something, it's not because you're stressed. You, no. you did not cause anything to be infertile. You can eat all the right foods, still be infertile. You can not eat all the right foods, still be infertile. Like you can be a perfectly healthy weight and still be infertile. infertile. I know so many people who are overweight and have kids left and right. Yeah. And then I know people that are, you know, super healthy, so, super fit mm -hmm. and can't conceive yeah and they have some of those people have pcos too yeah because it's not it's not just women that are overweight yeah. like the overweight aspect does not affect everyone which is i mean there are so many women in the group that i follow that struggle with maintaining weight even yeah um and all of it affects your fertility. It's not anything that you're doing. And obviously there are always going to be things that people are going to say, you need to try this mm -hmm. or that or the other thing. Um, but I'm sure if you've been trying for a year or even more, Longer, 10 years, 10. Wow. Yeah, um, you've tried anything and everything yeah. you can find. Yeah. And that's... There's, yeah, you don't... So for any of our listeners out there don't try your best not to put your foot in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. If you have something to say, think about it and then probably don't say it. <laughs> and then uh, for any listeners out there who uh, have dealt with infertility or PCOS, I just really want to stress that none of it is your fault. It's so like she said, it's PCOS is a hormonal disorder. Infertility, blame the medical society because they haven't done enough research to figure out any cause for women's reproductive health. Yeah. I mean, I feel like women's reproductive health is right up there with your mental health, like in lack yeah, of research. Be. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it should be in the forefront of our society, especially like you said, with the overturning of Roe v. Wade, so many States are saying no to abortions or even trying to push for no birth control. Like you can't, oh if you're God. not, my big thing is if you're not going to provide contraception, then at least teach your kids about their bodies so that they can 
effectively track their cycles. I didn't even know yeah. what ovulation was until I was trying to get pregnant with Elowen. Oh yeah, no. And I, I, I did too. I had to Google. I spent hours on Google learning how to track my ovulation, learning what ovulation was, learning mm-hmm. what it did and what it meant. And fun fact, when I, I the sex ed um whatever was so bad the sex ed curriculum was so bad when I was young I did not know the difference between menstrual cycle and masturbation really (laughs) yeah um which I mean this is like 11 or 12 (laughs) I mean yeah no um my only sex education that I ever got was in fifth grade and they came in and separated us boys Mm -hmm. and girls and gave us girls a brown paper bag full of like pads pads and tampons and we're like you're gonna start bleeding from your vagina eventually (laughs) so here's this stuff have a good day (laughs) and then guys were like in the guys i've 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 asked what the guys get they're like you get wet dreams somehow sometimes but try to stop (laughs) like that's not gonna help me yeah okay um i don't know but like I didn't know what morning wood was. Oh, yeah. Um, did you know that there's a female version of that? No. Yeah. For morning specifically? Yeah. Hmm. It's called... (laughs) I kind of giggle every time I think about this. Morning dew. Yes. Morning dew. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Didn't even know that that was... I love that. (laughs) It's like, it sounds so classy. Yeah. Like, I'm a fairy. I get morning dew. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. But like, yeah, the lack of sex education, the lack of knowledge that we give our kids, especially our young girls. um, I mean, obviously, there needs to be equal sex education for both genders. um, Yeah, I don't see why men shouldn't know that we bleed from our vaginas. Like, why is that a secret? Chris and I got into a conversation last night because I was watching a TikTok and this um, transgender woman was on, she had made a video and I'd actually seen this video prior and she was talking about how she was in the women's restroom and she was using the restroom and the girl in the stall next to her was like, Hey, do you have a tampon? And she was like, no, I don't. I'm really sorry. And she had said like, after that, she decided she's just always going to have them on her. Yeah. Regardless of if she needs them or not. Yeah. I mean, um, every woman does literally, do that. Literally every like, woman. And this guy, this like, 50 year old man stitches it or duets it or whatever. And is like, I don't know anything about women's bathrooms, but I'm pretty sure a stranger asking the stranger in the stall next door to them for a tampon is not a normal occurrence. Like, sir, shut your mouth. Yeah, you know, you have anything. No idea. You don't. And you sincerely don't know anything because I remember asking people that I didn't know very well in the my same high school class and being like hi do you have a pad or tampon please yeah and it was I mean like women to woman or girl to girl they were like I don't care here it is like yeah none of us care like it's such a normal thing and this guy was like I don't think that's normal I'm like sir shut your freaking mouth yeah um but then we Chris and I were talking about it and he's like I know guys that carry pads and tampons on them, like in their car or whatever, in case their female friends need it or like have them at their house. Oh, I was yeah, like, yeah, if you have a female friend for sure. Yeah. And he was like, like now that, you know, there's. To be fair, I would never ask a male. Oh, I have. <laughs> I have. have you? Yeah. At work. Um, 
when I worked for the other company I yep. worked for, I, there was a time where my period started just out of nowhere no. and none of the women there it had tampons. It did at Wednesday on noon. No, it did not start at Wednesday on noon. And I was really upset. <laughs> um, and I obviously didn't have any stuff with me cause I wasn't expecting it. And, um, I had asked all the women in my, in my area, none of them had any. And I just happened to be by the closet, like where we put our backpacks and stuff. Right. And I was talking to a coworker of mine and I was like, dude, I can't find any. And the guy next to me was like, oh, well I have one. And I was like, what? For those goes, bloody noses. That you get. <laughs> he was like, yeah, no, I always have some in my bag in case this happens to my girlfriend, like here. And I was like, that's really sweet. Wow. Like, thank you. That's a huge, like you saved my ass. Yeah. Um, but Chris and I were even talking, he's like, I, once the girls get older, like once we're done with diaper bags, I'll probably start just carrying a bag around that either like in the car or whatever that yeah. just has stuff because you never know. Yeah, I mean, we, there's happen. three girls here mm -hmm. now. So in case, you know, they're, no, it's a great idea. Whatever and get their period because you can start getting your period at eight years old um, <laughs> or like something like this happens. Yeah. And we, we got into a conversation about that. So luckily, yeah, luckily my mom taught me most everything that I knew about like period health and everything. So I, I don't have the horror story of being like, I'm bleeding down there and I don't know what the heck is going on. I don't have that horror story. But... I literally had no idea what was happening yeah. when I got my period. I just opened the door and I was like, hey, mom, I'm, um, dying. I'm bleeding. And she goes, what do you mean you're bleeding? And I said, um, well, when I wipe, there's blood. And she goes, oh. <laughs> I can just picture that. Oh. <laughs> she, at that time, realized like, I hadn't been taught anything mm -hmm. like I had no clue. And I was almost 14. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do think, you know, teaching our kids that proper sex education huge failure on the school district though, like huge failure. It shouldn't be like getting your period is kind of traumatizing in certain ways, but it shouldn't be traumatizing in the fact that you feel like you are dying. Yeah. Like I had absolutely, like I said, I've never gotten cramps. So I literally just was like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom, went to the bathroom, peed, wiped, and there was blood. And I was like, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> what is happening? And it's always kind of like a lot of blood sometimes. Yes. So you're just like, oh. I had no How did I do this? <laughs> yeah. I don't think this is normal. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think we need to do more research or at least inform our kids about, you know, the different ways our bodies are with infertility, with PCOS, with just Gosh, all of it. They could make a whole class out of all, all of sex. It does not need to be a week. Or yeah. two days. I feel like it was probably more closer to two days. I, yeah. I think ours was like two days. I just remember like my best friend at the time, she came to school the next day and was like, yeah, I tried to put on a pad and I did it wrong. <laughs> and she was like wearing it at the time. And I was like, or she goes, I think I put it on wrong. And I was like, oh, you, okay. I was like what do you mean? <laughs> and there she are goes, wrong ways. <laughs> yeah. She stuck the sticky side <laughs> up. 
<laughs> I'm like, it's a nice sticker. I'm like, ma'am. <laughs> I'm not smart, but I know that that's wrong. <laughs> Granted, I didn't know how to use a tampon until after Ellie was born because I was so scared. Yeah, tampons definitely freaked me out, too. Tam- tampons are traumatizing. Yeah, I don't know. I I do remember looking at the instructions more than once, and it, it was kind of like, just stick it in. And I was like... But there's so many places to stick it. No, where do I stick it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. And then, like, on top of that, not knowing about human anatomy Mm -hmm. or, like, female anatomy, they don't tell you. Do you know how many guys think that we get our period and pee from the same place? Yeah. And why? Why Why can't guys learn about period health? Yeah. Why is it a big secret? Yeah. Like... We learn, guys learn about history. We learn about George Washington. And that hasn't really, logistically, that does not have too much to do with us. Yeah. But. In terms of women, we, there's so much of, like, like you said, history that we don't need, need to know if it's a male dominant. Oh, yeah. Subject. Which is a totally different thing. (laughs) Yeah. We're not going to get into that because uh, that stands cool, kids. (laughs) Uh, stay educated (laughs) but that's gonna be where we kind of fall off here off the cliff oh god um yeah (laughs) think oh i was gonna tell you i forgot remember i said i had something to tell you yeah you you did (laughs) okay i'm gonna tell you this now because we're we're back on the cliff we're back on the cliff we're hanging on by a fingernail so (laughs) i just thought about this because i was looking at the the little tab for adding like our opening music yeah and my mom the other day who listens to all of our episodes texts me thank and she goes, you brandy yeah <laughs> she texts me the other day and she goes i just i've been meaning to tell you but i really like the porno music you have in the beginning of your <laughs> <I'm> um, <sorry. laughs> yeah of I course was, you choose the one music <laughs> i was like porno music and she goes yeah it's porno music and i was like mom no it's not <laughs> I think her mind is always in the gutter. Oh, yeah, 100%. But now I feel like we need to find a different opening. Someday we're going to have to tell the story of her colonoscopy because I think that oh was my pretty gosh. amazing. Maybe that'll be our my next week's or Goober next. Words. Yeah, next episode's Goober. <laughs> because that was really on me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Definitely not on me whatsoever. No, not at all. (laughs) I did nothing. (laughs) You just informed me of the facts, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, we're going to end this episode here. If you have any questions about PCOS or infertility, um, (laughs) ask your doctor, ask your parents. Probably they might not know. Ask Google, ask us. I'm really good at research. I'm sure I can help you find something. Be careful on the Google. Yeah, be careful on the Google because it'll probably tell you you have cancer. Um, But always, obviously, when it comes to medical anything, always ask a medical professional Mm -hmm. first. Um, We are not medical professionals. We are not medical professionals. As you could tell with... Or as you can tell with all of Jaden's mispronunciation. Yeah, I don't know whatever the heck was going on over there. I take really bad notes. (laughs) No wonder I made it through school. Um, yeah, absolutely. Don't be afraid to reach out if you have topics you want us to talk about. Um, I'll be putting a little excerpt of all of our mental health, 
our um social media yeah and email at the end of this um so thanks for listening we're falling off the cliff bye <laughs> hey guys Jaden here i just wanted to add in a little excerpt um please feel free to reach out to us our instagram is mental mamas underscore podcast our email is r and j m m p at gmail.com we have a facebook you can find us at mental mamas on there and then same with twitter i think we're mental mamas underscore podcast i know riley just sent it to me but i can't remember to save my life um i hope you have a happy new year and i hope you enjoyed this episode thanks guys bye